Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Solo Founders Podcast. My name is Darian, and in this episode, I want to talk with y'all about bootstrapping versus seeking investments for your startup company. And the reason I felt this episode would be important is because I spent tons of time trying to navigate the investment scene and investment strategies and learning about cap tables and just how to raise money, business plans, pitching, networking, investor meetings, outreach, and all these different things where I spent a ton of time and energy and ultimately didn't end up raising external funds while I was running my EdTech startup. However, I think at the end of the day, it ended up being a lot more beneficial that I didn't raise external funding and hindsight is twenty twenty, of course. And so I wanted to reflect in this episode about a lot of reasons why I was grateful that I didn't end up raising external money, but also shedding light, I guess, on some of the differences between bootstrapping and actually raising external money from someone else. And so I wanted to kind of break down a few things just to give other founders something to keep in mind while you're out trying to raise money early on for your company. Because of course, you know, I think a lot of people feel like raising money as a founder is a big accomplishment for the company or it's a big milestone, which by all means, it definitely is. But at the same time, I think it's important to, you know, think about ownership because that's something that a lot of us as founders got into entrepreneurship for was to, you know, be able to make our own decisions, be our own boss, to make our own schedules and make our own decisions. And I think a lot of people get into entrepreneurship for the lifestyle as well. And so raising money, I think it it isn't always clear the trade-offs of that and giving up equity in your company and some of the decision-making power and ownership. And I just don't think shows like, you know, Shark Tank and, you know, some of the other really more popular, uh, you know, competitions, pitch competitions that we hear about, like these things kind of focus on how much money they give away or how much money people can raise for their company, which I think a lot of people take as validation of an idea, but it doesn't really give insight into exactly what comes with that. And so I want to break down just a couple of things, um, starting out with bootstrapping itself and just what is that and what are some of the benefits of bootstrapping. So if you don't already know, Bootstrapping is essentially just fueling your company growth with, without raising external money. So, you know, being able to raise money from what's typically called the founders, friends, or a family realm, where it's exactly what it sounds like, you know, yourself and the other founders, if you have any, or, you know, friends and family invest without seeking really a percentage of return, typically. Um, this is usually wouldn't call it a donation, but for the most part, it is essentially like a, a donation or an investment in your your dream and getting you started, getting you off the ground. And there's other ways that you can bootstrap outside of the the founders, friends, and family round. For example, you know, grants were a big thing for me during my time as a founder and learning how to even find applicable grants for you and you know, the grant writing process, and then also just making sure you actually have a solid business behind the application for the grants, you know, that 
you are out of the ideation phase and you have some tangible traction or something to really show to incentivize, you know, whoever it is, you know, giving the grant or also to just show impact, right? Because I think a lot of people, especially with grant funding, you know, nonprofit uh, organizations, they're really mission-based or impact-based. So the more you can show traction about whatever, you know, cause or um, whoever your product or business serves, the more you can show a positive impact, you know, from what you've already been doing, the better chance you might have to qualify for something like uh, grants. And a lot of times those have a lot more flexible uh, sort of terms. Like a lot of times they, they might only want you to, you know, do a survey or something in exchange for the money that you receive. But a survey, you know, for a few years is much better than giving up a percentage of your company and losing, like we said, that decision-making power or that ownership, right? Because again, a lot of people get into the startup world or entrepreneurship thinking that they want to be their own boss and, you know, create their own schedule and lifestyle. But when you start taking on, you know, numerous investors or really any investors, you know, you're no longer just working for yourself you know you have other owners in the company now and you'll have obligations to them and they'll have influence over decisions and things like that so you really have to consider those trade-offs and who that person is as well too um but we'll get into that more as we talk about the the actual you know raising money side investment side but i just want to you know reiterate that there's other ways besides you know, just friends, family, and founders around to to raise money as a as a bootstrap founder. But I just think that, you know, it's important to consider, you know, all your options when it comes to that, because the more you're able to bootstrap your company, the more you're able to maintain flexibility in, you know, how you run the company. And you get to try more things, whether that succeeds or fails, you know, you get to try, fail, learn, and iterate on your own versus that the will of somebody else who kind of is directing you. And I think a lot of us, like I said, get into this to um, actually have that that freedom of choice, that freedom of, of lifestyle to make decisions and to run the business as you see fit. And bootstrapping allows you to do that. So as much as it might sound enticing to, you know, go out and raise money from someone else, I just think that it's really important to keep all those those things in mind. Now, let's talk about actually seeking out external investments a little bit and, you know, maybe some of the, the pros and cons that come with that. Because, of course, every business is different. So, you know, not every business idea might be able to be bootstrapped, let's say, depending on what it is. Like, if you get into something really complex with, uh, like manufacturing or I, you know, I'm not sure, like there's something that just requires a lot of overhead. You know, if your business model requires tons and tons of overhead to get started, but potentially there's a really high impact on the other side. You know, I just think that, of course, I'm a huge fan of, of you know, the lean startup mentality. So finding a way to if that is the case, you know, break that down into a smaller, more provable MVP, uh, which is a minimum viable product. You know, if anybody listening doesn't know what that means, and it's really just the smallest, most tangible version of something that you can 
test or put out in the market, you know, of your idea, it would be missing a lot of bells and whistles, but it's just something that you can, you know, tangibly do with your own money, time, energy, resources to try to essentially get you what you need to validate your idea or your business. And so, you know, even if you have a really, you know, uh, like high, high intensity research or, you know, high cost manufacturing type of product or business, you know, I would still recommend, you know, exploring the bootstrapping option. I think it's a great option for all founders, early stage, especially solo founders. Um, so with that being said, uh, I just want to make it clear that, you know, bootstrapping is a great option for everybody. It is not a condescending thing to 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 bootstrap your startup. Um, it's not a bad thing if you don't have investors. Uh, if anything, like I said, I think there's a lot of benefits that you can take away from bootstrapping. So now getting into the investment side of things, you know, like I said, your company might require a lot of capital to scale, whether it's on the operations side, um, who knows, it could be the marketing side, and you might just really need that external investment. You might also need somebody to fill your knowledge gaps. Maybe somebody has those connections to manufacturers or marketing and PR relations and just, you know, the things that you need to help scale and grow your company. So there could be a strategic element of getting an external investment as well, besides just the money. And those opportunities are, are really ideal, right? And I think that's one of the things to really keep in mind about an investment is that it's just as much about the person who's giving you the money as it is the money itself. So, you know, finding an investor to me is very much like finding a co-founder. It's very difficult. It's like finding a spouse because you want to make sure that your vision aligns with that person and you also want to make sure that y'all have trust, right? That you understand each other's strengths, weaknesses, personalities. There's going to be tons of days that things go bad or not as expected. And so you want to be able to work with this person, communicate with this person. You want this person to be reliable, you know, trustworthy. So there's a lot of different things to consider when choosing co-founders. And it's the same thing for investors. You're not going around just looking for somebody with deep pockets who's just looking to throw money at a problem because Again, that could be detrimental to your company. Somebody throwing money at you in exchange for your company, but then walking away and giving you no guidance, giving you no insight, not being involved at all. They just want their money back. You know, that can just create all sorts of <clears throat> turmoil. And I just think that, you know, it's best to avoid that as much as possible by vetting people properly. So, when seeking out an investment, the investor is just as, if not more important than the money itself. And making sure that you spend time getting to know that investor, you know, what their values are, what their morals are, you know, what their motivation is, what, what outcome they're looking for. And also, I mean, you might want to look at their portfolio and see what they've done in the past and what companies they've invested in. And why they've invested in those companies and maybe talk to other founders who've worked with this investor. I mean, you really want to do your due diligence. This is not a decision that you want to rush at all because again, one wrong investor can, can really 
can really ultimately destroy a company. You know, I'm not going to say they can make or break it, but they truly can. Um, because depending on how much leverage you give up in terms of decision-making power, in terms of equity, and then these people tend to be very experienced in business and investments and startups. And so they, they know a lot more than you do, likely as the entrepreneur. And so in terms of legal battles and ownership rights and IP, things like that, you just really want to make sure that you're doing business with a trustworthy person who has your best intentions at heart. So betting the investor is is so, so important. And I just want to emphasize that as we kind of jump into this. Now, there's also a, other types of investors or multiple types of investors. So you have, you have angel investors who are typically people that just, you know, are are wealthy people. You know, they typically could just have day jobs and and just like great careers. And now they're at a point where they, they want to invest in other companies. You know, it could be people who are just passionate about certain causes. And so they invest in companies for, you know, their own reasons. It could be a, a various amount of reasons, but angel investors essentially, you know, all have a very colored and decorative path into becoming investors. Whereas the venture capitalists are, you know, pretty standard kind of hedge fund type people that do this more on a professional level. And so they've been investing and looking for returns and leading huge funds for typically very long periods of time. They do it as a career usually. Um, And again, this is a much bigger investment typically venture capital than angel investments not to say that angel investors or angel investments can't be large injections of funding you know upwards of you know millions and millions but venture capital can be anywhere to like hundreds of millions to billions of dollars and so um it's just kind of two different sort of um levels if you will or two different styles of uh investment and again it just comes with you know different relationship styles. Uh, you would very much need different requirements to to raise each type of funding in your startup. And um, just want to make that clear that, you know, when we talk about investors, there's a lot of ways to actually uh, raise money. And there's more than even just angel investors and venture capitalists. I mean, there are there are programs and, and companies that, that fund companies all the time. Uh, through their own sort of partnerships or programs. There's also pitch competitions that allow people to go pitch and compete for an investment. And then uh, there will be a, a pool of in- investors or mentors or people that end up, you know, uh, taking a percentage of that company in exchange for that investment. So like I said, there's a lot of different ways to discover these opportunities, to engage with these investors or to, to again, put yourself on the investment raising circuit so um just want to again kind of nail that point home that there's not just one way of raising money from investors i mean going back to the shark tank example i mean that's again another way of people raising money i mean they actually went on a game show on a, on a tv show uh, to raise money so there's lots of different ways to engage investors to approach them and we're not going to get into all the details here we'll say that for another episode but the investment landscape is is pretty broad there's a lot of different ways to you know seek out investors find them start nurturing those uh relationships building those connections and starting that 
that journey. So in pretty much either case for bootstrapping or seeking investments for your startup, pitching your company is going to be one of the most key aspects of this process because it's the way that you get the point across you know, of what you're trying to do, what is your mission, what is your purpose, what are people giving their money to, what problem are you trying to solve, why does this matter to people. And in the day and age we live in today, people just don't have very long attention spans. So you really need to get great at storytelling and figuring out what story are you trying to tell and how do you tailor that story to people's needs so that they effectively do care. And like I said, that will be different for every single entrepreneur, every person listening to this podcast will have to figure that out, what that means for their own business, for their target market, and for their own story and figure out how to tell it in a compelling way that, you know, that fits you. But, you know, there are very, very uh, different pitching styles that are all important during this process of raising money as a as a founder. So between the 30 second elevator pitch, which is literally imagining yourself being stuck in an elevator with a stranger and you've got about 30 seconds to actually tell them what your business is and, and get them compelled, get them engaged, get them curious about learning more. So the goal of your elevator pitch is really just to be able to get somebody to want to know more about what you're doing and to ask you follow-up questions and to pique their interest in a very short period of time. So that is one style of pitch, but then you also have your your more formal hitch competition type of pitches, which involve actual presentation and having stage presence and really telling a that same compelling 30-second story, but expanding that out between three to five minutes, maybe 10 minutes sometimes. So all these pitch competitions have different formats. You might get different lengths of time, but that's my point. You need to be able to expand and contract your story to fit different social situations so that you can get great feedback from people, pique people's interest, build your network, and start this in- entire process of, of raising capital. Because you know, people are going to have to be bought into your idea. They're going to have to be bought into you. And I think a great piece of advice that I heard once was that people invest in people, not ideas. Because great ideas come, you know, a dime a dozen all the time. But people who are able to see a good idea through the finish line and build teams and be committed to something and be dedicated and focused, that is a much more rare skill set. And so, People investing people, not ideas, has always stuck with me as something to think about as you're out there telling your story and trying to get better at pitching because, again, that is going to really get people to buy into you and follow you and your story. And so even though you might not pitch somebody and then raise money the next day, that pitch is going to stick with them. The way you tell that story, the conviction you tell it with, your drive, your dedication, your passion, all of that is going to stick with people and impact them when you leave that first impression on them during your fundraising process. That being said, you know, there's a whole other uh, episode that we can do on pitching itself, but spending time really getting good at pitching, telling your story, and then also the supporting details from your business model, business plan, and your target audience and 
all of those things need to be tailored to your pitches as well. So again, separate episode for those things where we can deep dive on that. But, you know, having a good grasp of your business, your business model, the market you're trying to serve and the problem you're trying to solve and being able to package that up to tell a a compelling story is going to be a, a very important part of this fundraising process. So make sure that you practice pitching as well when you're thinking about either bootstrapping or raising money from uh, investors, because either way, it's going to be a crucial, crucial part of this entire process. So, you know, in this episode, I hope that y'all really can take away some key things to keep in mind about the differences between bootstrapping and investing. Um, They are, you know, really, or I should say gaining an investment or getting an investment because they aren't really, I can't say one is better than the other, right? It really just depends on your specific situation. And timing is also like a really important thing. So depending on where your company is at or where you are personally or how much personal cash you might have to inject into your your company, it might be a, a very important time decision on whether or not you decide to raise money right now or to continue trying to bootstrap right now. Everything is specific to the person. So I don't want to say that one of these is the right way to go or not. I'm definitely biased in the favor of bootstrapping just because I'm all about maintaining ownership and you having the ability to make decisions and lead your company the way that you want it. And you're going to make mistakes, but as you adjust and pivot, owning your company and and maintaining the ownership of it is really going to allow you to make those decisions and grow and get better to make better decisions going forward and Again, when the revenue does start coming in, you still have control and direction over the company. And again, I just think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. So again, y'all, I hope you found this helpful. This is Darian with the Solo Founders Podcast, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.